back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Wednesday, July 28th, and we got a great episode for you today. If you like what you're listening to, go ahead and subscribe on uh, Apple Music. You can check us out on Spotify. Leave that good old five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I guess. Um, But yeah, that helps out a lot. Today, we're going to be talking about Black Widow, the Marvel movie that came out about two weeks ago. So we gave you guys some time, maybe a little more than two weeks ago, actually, give you some time to watch it. And now I'm going to be joined by Peter Gonzalez, per usual, talk MCU, and thus being Black Widow. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm excited, as always, to talk all things Marvel. So... Yeah, it's going to be a, a good uh, show. I mean, we haven't done a breakdown together when Marvel's had a movie come out. That's This is, this is an Disney inaugural Plus. experience. Then. I, d- yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought about that. So this will be interesting. We'll see if we can hold it together for sure. <laughs> um, well, let's just get into this movie. I mean, off the top, what I want to establish with Black Widow. This movie... I may sound critical of it at times. I don't dislike the movie. I'll say that at the beginning. This movie is a victim of two things. One, it should have came out in, like, after Civil War, like in 2017, whenever that was. And then, okay, they're going to do it after Natasha dies in Avengers Endgame. And so they're going to go, well, let's give her one because we never gave her a solo movie because they're trying to like make up for their mistakes, right? And then it, COVID happens, and so it gets pushed back another year. So this movie had to really jump a lot of obstacles to come out. And I think that there are a, a couple like flaws in it that show from that, just of maybe it not being that important, but we'll see um, what you think. So what was your off the top? What do you think about this movie? I definitely agree that this is a, as you put it, a victim of not coming out when it should have come out. It should have come out in 2017, since Civil War did come out in 2016. I think that for whatever reason, society in itself also wasn't ready for a movie, which is shame on society. Like, that's Mm. stupid. Because the way the movies are set up nowadays, you have to, it, we've come so far as a cinematic experience viewing public mm-hmm. that they can accept movies like this, which is a whole other tangent about like why yeah. these movies take so long to get made. But I do feel like this belonged in a certain place and would have maybe made infinity war Endgame a little bit more impactful too. Had this come out prior. So instead of it serving as, you know, let's continue connecting the bridge. I felt like this movie in a sense, served as a launching pad for another character at times, as opposed Mm -hmm. to Natasha's story. And I want to jump in on what you said about how uh, the stakes that this, if this came out before in Endgame, the stakes or the emotion and the weight that it would have given to Black Widow, um, Scarlett Johansson's performance in specifically Endgame, the way she's holding the family together, I thought that would have, if this came out before, that would have made that a little stronger and obviously would have made her death more sad, even though it was already very sad. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, let's just get right into this movie, Peter. Well, let's get into it. Um, so it starts in 1995. You got super soldier Alexei Shostakov and Black Widow Melina Vostikov. 
All right, so those are the two parents in this movie. They're Russian undercover agents. They're posing as a family in Ohio with their quote-unquote daughters, Nastasha Romanoff and Yelena Belova. So after finishing their mission to steal S.H.I.E.L.D. intel, they escape to Cuba and uh, meet up with their boss, who's this guy named General Drakov. We've heard Loki um, reference his name back in Avengers 1. We know it's a name from Nat's past. And he has Nat and Yelena taken to the Red Room for training. Years pass now in which Shostakov, the dad of the movie, the dude that was in Stranger Things, he's imprisoned in Russia when at this time, this is when Black Widow, our Black Widow, Nat, joins S.H.I.E.L.D. and kind of defects from this while at the same time we have Yelena who's kind of in the training still, which is pretty fucked up. And yeah, so that's is that a good way to start this? This movie, it's going to be an interesting breakdown because it's not like a show. What, no, yeah, I here. think no, I got you. Um, I like so I, I think that was a great way to kind of set the scene where we are at the beginning of this movie. For me personally, it also reminded me of Wonder Woman 1984, where you had that backstory of Diana as a kid in that I understood its place in a movie, but it kind of slowed things down for me. Even though we did have that action sequence with the trying to escape in the plane and everything, it mm-hmm. felt like it slowed things down by going back to her childhood, which I think would have been better had this come out in 2017. It would have been like, okay, here she is as a kid. Whereas now it's like we're taking time away from Scarlett Johansson's portrayal to show this kid perspective of them, which is good, but at the same time, it felt a little disjointed a little for slow. me. Yeah. A little slow. And um, so long story short on the opening, basically it's a Russian spy family. Nat and Yelena are the two kids. They're hiding in America, posing as an American family. And they use this as cover to steal S.H.I.E.L.D. information and go back to Russia because Nat's dad, the Russian um, sold, super soldier type guy, is working with Drykov, who's the Red Room bad dude in Russia. So, Peter, how about you take what happens next here? You save so then we we jump to 2016, which is where this movie should have belonged. Where <laughs> Nat's basic this is supposed so civil war, so Nat's violated yeah. the Sokovia Accords, and obviously Secretary Ross is after her, and we do see that he looks a little sicker. She kind of makes a nod to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks um, not. I mean, I guess he kind of looks older, but he looks a little more frail, definitely in like a a sick way, which, I mean, forces me to bring up. Is he going to need to take some sort of serum to like save himself, which would turn him into the Red Hulk, which is who the Red Hulk is in in the comics is Thunderbolt Ross. So that could be a, a little Easter egg there. True, but my one concern is that I did hear rumblings that, that he might be recast because I guess the actor in real life has had some scandal. Yeah, so I heard about, so I guess it happened. I don't remember exactly. I don't know so too many of the details, so I guess take what I say with a grain of salt. But I know it happened like 20 or 25, like a very long time ago. And apparently it was like very much like resolved and like he apologized and I don't know if everyone feels good on all sides because I don't know exactly what happened. But from what I was reading, it was like Hollywood as a collective seemed to have forgiven him because he expressed remorse, whatever happened. Right. And then I just think recently 
it must have got brought up again and they didn't want to attach that and have that extra drama. I'm not really sure. So, But I did hear that, and I guess if they recast him, that'll just be weird to me because he's been there since Hulk. Like, he's been mm-hmm. there for so long. He's, at this point, the second longest character to be in the MCU. Oh, wow. Besides, like, Hulk. Well, no, because that was Edward Norton Jr. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess if we see Pepper Potts again, and I guess Happy, but or Paul. he's been... Yeah, he's just been around for a while. So interesting. It, it's interesting. Um, and but basically, Peter, she like he's hunting after her and she gets away. She flees to a safe house in Norway. She's got this homie named Rick Mason who helps her give her like weapons, passports, fake IDs, transport, whatever you need. He's like a black market guy for her. And we're going to go over to Le- Yelena now, Peter. Where she um, she kills like a rogue Black Widow. So what we need to establish is our Nat and Yelena are one of many, many Black Widows. So like when we're talking about Avengers, it's easy to say, oh, Black Widow. But in this movie, there's so many. And so Yelena is a Black Widow and she kills one that's going rogue, a.k.a. going against Drykov. And the Red Room. But she comes into contact with this sort of gas that neutralizes, and this is a huge moment, that neutralizes the like mind control that Drykov and the Red Room puts on these Black Widows. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Um, and so now, once she figures this all out, this is like a holy shit moment. I think they kind of went over this too quickly. It was like, this is a very, very big deal. She then sends antidote, these vials, these antidotes, to our Black Widow, to Natasha, hoping that she'll send the Avengers and use her big city friends to save the Widows. And um, this causes our first interaction with Taskmaster. What are you going to say? But before we get into Taskmaster, which is obviously going to cause a lot of discussion, I do want, so this is our first introduction to Florence Pugh in the role of Yelena. Fantastic. She's phenomenal. I'd seen her in other movies, you know, Midsummer, um, Little Women. She had little roles that kind of were setting up for what's really a star-turning role, I think, here. Mm -hmm. And I did, what was interesting for me in this sequence with the Black Widow's you know, hunting down this rogue Black Widow, is that... If, so, did you ever see the movie Red Sparrow? No. It was a Jennifer Lawrence movie that was like supposed to be this series about a female Russian spy, a woman who gets taken into Russian spies. And it's like, again, they called it the movie that Marvel never would make for Black Widow because mm-hmm. it was like R-rated violence and similar character structure as this yeah it definitely gave me that kind of vibe throughout this movie but that in particular and then the whole black widow like networks type situation setup reminded me of the charlie's angels movie the recent one they did where you had them all over the world type situation so again i think had this movie come out earlier you're not going to have things that are like oh this reminds me of this this reminds me of this that maybe haven't been successful launches for female action movies, but have mm-hmm. been touched upon before. Yeah, and one thing, I, I guess we didn't bring this up, but we should, with the Black Widows in, speci- 
in particular is and you correct me if you disagree this whole movie the black widow um network it's basically like not a metaphor but just like yeah it's basically a metaphor for human trafficking in the real world right that's what they're trying to make it like reference isn't oh, that yeah. yeah like totally yeah, I mean, what I think- I mean, the, the intro, it hits you so hard with the smells like teen spirit and the girls. And so I was like, oh, shit. So it's a very non-Marvel type intro, too. Yeah, it, it surprised was very, me. Surprised I liked me. it. It was very, it jarred you into it and was a cool way of showing you many years in an intro. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's get back into the movie. So Yelena sends the the vials, right, to Nat. Nat doesn't know she has them, which causes Taskmaster task master Master. to come after her and there's this whole kind of like fight on a bridge and we get our first experience with taskmaster we're not going to talk about who tax taskmaster is (laughs) yet we will but what did you what was your initial impression of taskmaster in this fight because nat barely gets away but i liked that i liked that it was a much more visceral fight scene. I mean, throughout this movie, they're very high-level hand-to-hand combat situations that are, aren't necessarily what Marvel has done what, for the most part in movies, other than, I guess, Cap's movies are the closest. We yeah, Winter Soldier's like the peak. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And so this was just like, it was a solid showing of like, we're going full 100% into these fight scenes right from the get-go. And, it also really lets Scarlett Johansson shine as far as we've only seen glimmers of in Marvel movies throughout because there are so many characters, similar to how WandaVision really gave Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen a chance to shine in their characters' powers. So here it really mm-hmm. let her fighting style and her strategy, too, when she was able to get away and everything. It was very, I thought it was a cool introduction. She is the most underrated fighter in the MCU in terms of just her craftiness. And I, I like the black widow fighting maybe even more than cap in a way. Cause she's not a super soldier who can do all this stuff. She's just incredibly crafty. And so I, I do like us seeing that. And obviously taskmaster is a great combatant to go against. We learn basically that taskmaster is after those vials taskmaster is working for Drakov. And we find that out because Nat realizes Yelena sent her those files. They go meet up in Budapest and have a, a very, very like sweet, reunion. violent <laughs> reunion where they try to kill each other. But after they try to kill each other, we learn that Drakov is alive. That when Nat thought she blew up that building and sacrificed his daughter to kill him. He's somehow alive. And so we learn that Taskmaster is sent by him. And so now we got this whole, we see the plot of the movie. They have to go after Drykov in the Red Room, right? Is that what you're getting here? Pretty much. And I did like that we finally got answers to Budapest. Or Budapest, is that how she says it? Budapest. Yeah. It's different in the movie. So I like that we had answers to that. Like, it's like, oh, here's a connection back to Avengers 1. Here we go with that. And I liked, again, the fight scene between her and Florence in that first and the interaction was very Mission Impossible type fighting. Mm-hmm. You don't see I like how they mirrored movie. each other. Yeah, it was very cool. It was when they switched the guns and when they were doing it, it was very smashing into the cabinets. It was like, okay, this is this is real stuff. And then, of course, the widows show up and 
things go even more chaotic after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so next what happens is Nat and Elena go break out the Red Guardian, our boy, their dad from the fake spy family in America. They break him out of a Russian prison. We learned that Drakov put him there um, and kind of screwed him over. And so they break him out. And then the three of them go to their quote unquote mom's house from uh, the fake family as well. And they learn some stuff here. Like, Yelena, before we get into the whole scene here at the farm, what was your take on the prison? That whole was, scene, the breakout, the white Black Widow costumes, pretty cool. I think, well, for starters, I think that Alexi's whole discussion about how he's fought Captain America really raises potential for, you know, is Cap going to travel back in time? Would we get to see that? Like, I feel like that's mm-hmm. an interesting little potential Easter egg branch timeline that could or exist. Or just crazy. I want Cap to come back. So. <laughs> I do too. I'm but... grasping at straws here. I'm grasping at the strands, okay? But um, I thought the prison break was quite a cool sequence. The white Black Widow suit is way cooler than I thought it would be. Like, it translated so well. Her fighting again on the whole prison thing was solid. You get to see more of Yelena's personality. And I think the way they addressed, again, a callback to Age of Ultron, where Natasha tells them that she can't have kids. I think the way that Yelena, with her humor, told Alexi the the whole forced hysterectomy situation really quickly explained that, but still moved the story forward and kind of, again, showed their flawed family dynamic in a way that I thought Mm -hmm. was cool that this movie did because it balanced out the action sequence, the character moments, and serving the overall storyline. Yeah, that's a great point, and we're going to get a lot more family interaction here because they do head to this farm where they find their mom from their fake uh, their fake childhood in the U.S., and we get this really touching or sad moment there where Yelena's talking to them and saying, like, yeah, I know we were not a real family, and you guys can all poo-poo on it, but it meant a lot to me. And so you get this, and Nat kind of, puts that away, puts that down, isn't really, and is kind of like brushing that off. That's like, that's stupid. But I thought that was a good character building moment for Yelena. And you see the family all together and you think everything's going well, but then you find out that the mom had already alerted uh, that they are here to Drakov. And so his agents come and capture them and take them to the red room, an aerial facility that I just want to quickly say, and we don't need to talk about it anymore. How the fuck did no one know where that was? That to me was like, wait. So you're saying Iron Man had no idea that that thing like was there? Like all this stuff, they had no idea that that floating tower in the sky had been there this whole time. Come on, come so on. So two points to that: either a they did know and didn't deal with it, which of course could be a whole can of worms or it used that cloaking technology thing that shield had in avengers one you know how they shielded 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 the ship and made it look like it was not there you know Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a way to or there's also the the river the water prison the ocean place thing that's kind of just the middle of nowhere yeah but that's like run like the avengers know about that and it's like run by I don't know. I, I, I'll take I'll take your word on the cloaking thing. We'll go with that. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's but because again, we're led to believe that 
Drakoff has been under the radar for all this time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we thought it, he was it, dead. It, yeah, and I mean, I think it works. I, I didn't have that big of an issue with it, but now I'm gonna now it's gonna be in the back of my mind. So thank you. So, so I'm sorry. So you take this next uh, this next part here when we're we're going into the the red room, the aerial facility, and all this action's happening. Okay, so we find out through the reveal that Vostokov and Nat used the face technology, which is, mm-hmm. again, callback to Winter Soldier. No, Civil War. That's a callback to Winter Soldier, correct. <laughs> and it's also, um, it's a kind of, it's nice to see because we, we we lost all hope that the mom would, could ever be a good person. This reveal shows, hey, she's helping out now, even though she turned them in. It was, yeah, so so it was a cool, again, because I think that was the most jarring thing when she turned them in. I was like, whoa, okay, she's hardcore. Because also, she's the one that we've discovered that developed this mind control situation that really allows the widows to be under, it's a new form of controlling the widows. She doesn't doesn't get enough shit for that. It's pretty fucked. Pretty fucked. Especially because she did it to Elena, and it is kind of brushed over just a bit in a way that's, I guess again, we're I'm used to again my mind's been used to the six episode series of like we can explain things as opposed to you have two hours, make it all count. Yeah. But essentially, because they switch places, Nat is with Dracoff and he's able to figure out who she is. And he's just a creeper, like just a crazy like. And here we discover that the big reveal which I feel like wasn't that big of a reveal, but it's considered a big reveal. That Taskmaster's true identity is Antonia, his daughter, who didn't die. So technically, which kind of negates Nat's whole she blew up the building, dripping in red yeah. ledger. So mm-hmm. I'm, that kind of threw me, because I'm like, well, then she didn't really do anything, which I guess yeah. makes her, she is a hero, but at the same time... She thought she did. Growth, and I don't know. But basically... She, she had to put a chip in her head because she was so effed up, though. So there's that. That's true. And he controls Taskmaster, his daughter, through this chip. And it made her, like, the perfect soldier. And she can, like, mimic, mimic any fighting style. And the differences in the comics, we'll get into a lot of differences. But the comics, Tony Masters, Taskmaster, is, um, he has, like, a photographic memory. So he like can watch and learn. It's kind of almost like a sixth sense, like a superpower. And so I don't really like the whole chip thing, um, how they did that. But let me just get let's talk about Taskmaster. Because the okay. this is the biggest L of the movie for me. I don't like it. I want to establish though, I do not give a damn that it is a woman. I'm fine with that. If you make Taskmaster a woman, that is fine. But you need to stay true to the Taskmaster character if you're going to use it. Because Taskmaster is this, like, snarky, like, very, like, condescending. Has a big personality in that way, which we don't get with Antonia, obviously, because we barely hear her ever speak. And she's just kind of like a Frankenstein's monster. I think, um, I think she gets the short end of the like the deal in this movie in a way she doesn't get that much development and it's kind of holding her back. I just don't like taskmaster. I still like this movie, but I I'm curious if you, cause you're good at convincing me of stuff. There was just nothing about taskmaster that I liked and I don't look, I know, I guess maybe we'll see her in the future, 
they just to me it's like i don't really care and they ruined taskmaster character why couldn't they have made this something else and not called it taskmaster because it's just like why'd you ruin the character okay that was quite the the statements and sorry uh, no i no i appreciate that because it felt it's so we've had characters that have been rebooted combined I and mean, we have agatha we've got sylvie enchantress whole situation so Marvel isn't afraid to, you know, reboot things and kind of twist mm-hmm. them. I appreciated the twist that, oh, it's a, it's a female Taskmaster. Like, that was an interesting twist for me. What, but again, you're, I think you said it perfectly, it's a Frankenstein situation. So is it like, where do you go with this character if you're going to use this character? Or are we just... One and done with Taskmaster. Is Taskmaster going to show up on Val's squad at some point? Is this going to become more Frankenstein? Could the technology be duplicated? Like, I just yeah, don't. It's... I don't like it. I I don't think it really set up the character for longevity in this universe, even though she's alive. Because what, like, Taskmaster is going to be a hero. That I don't want. Like and I also, what? So she was. It, it was like, like Taskmaster was never evil, really. Because never, just under mind control. Which, if you think about it, this whole movie kind of had that whole situation of like, who is the villain? What is the villain? Is the villain the villain? Did not nail the villain landing, Mm-mm. and it just it, it was hard Taskmaster's it was not like, even the villain. It was a red herring, essentially, because it was like, oh, here's your villain. But it's like, nope, it's Dreykov. But we haven't had any connection to Dreykov for X amount of movies. So it's like, why would we care about Dreykov? So instead, it's about, let's saving Yelena and the other widows. So it's like, there were too many, like, grasping at. It could be this, it could be that. And it's just, the Taskmaster for me also, unfortunately, well, not, well, you've convinced me also that it just wasn't. That didn't hit the... It just could have been anything. Like, the way they used Taskmaster in this movie, there was really no point in just wasting the character. Call it her, call her anything else. Like, you can make up a character, you can take a small... Like, I just think that that was an L, because Taskmaster is pretty, like, pretty freaking cool and funny and, like, edgy and I think would be fun in this Marvel Universe... I mean, I think Taskmaster would be a great villain to throw against Spider-Man. And not in a full-length movie, I'm just saying, like if you did Disney+. Plus, But I also think Taskmaster versus uh, <clears throat> Captain America, Sam Wilson, would be electric. So, um, and I, Taskmaster versus Black Widow should have been electric, and it wasn't. And we'll, we'll move off this, though. We'll move off this. Okay, so basically... After the big reveal, he sends Taskmaster away to go get the the vials and stop everybody else. So then Nat's going to try and take out Drake off. But mm-hmm. he's got that pheromone lock, which... Um, Creepy. Her mom had mentioned, Melina had mentioned earlier, which really is kind of an odd thing. Because I wonder if it's going to be used going forward in the MCU. But it was an interesting way of setting up Again, Natasha's smarts, how she's figured out a way to stop him when he has his pheromone lock. But they essentially, she starts baiting him and he starts hitting her. And you're watching this and you're like, 
Nat's a better fighter than this. Like, what's yeah, like, trying to just take something's it. up here? But essentially, he reveals his network of widows, which again speaks to the human trafficking situation. Because he says mm-hmm. you get them when they're like when they're younger, and you just build them into these elite assassins. Major like Harvey Weinstein vibes. Like of just well, the whole creeper. death situation, the, pher- yeah, the death, the pheromone thing too. I just could not get over. Just creepy old man, like uh, just weird, 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 weird. But keep going. So inter- when you when you say it, though, I ha- that hadn't fully clicked into me. But again, it kind of speaks to what this movie is essentially almost a metaphor for the whole Me Too situation in a yeah. sense. Because Nat's now kind of, her goal now is to rescue all these women, girls who've gone through this. And she continues to fight. And essentially, though, he, she points out that Dracoff isn't strong enough for her to accomplish what she wanted. So she ends up breaking her own nose, right? Then the nerve. The... Yeah, she breaks the nerve, I guess, or whatever, that allows her... To smell him. To smell that pheromone. <laughs> that was Weird, gnarly. but okay. Pretty gnarly. And she and... takes him out easily. <laughs> yeah, like... Without, like, it was just, like, in two seconds. And so while all of this is going on, obviously other things are happening, which also includes... One thing we didn't mention earlier is that there is a really good scene where Yelena calls out Nat's pose. Oh, yeah. Which... And then Yelena ends up doing the pose when she arrives into into the facility, which I thought was an interesting way of addressing the pose that, that Natasha has done throughout the MCU movies. Yeah, I thought that was good. I I love um, how Marvel, they've always done this, but I feel like they've gotten exponentially better at this since the introduction of, like, Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok. The way they can just have these characters who can play these, like, funny poking fun at what is actually, like, even happening. Like, the idea of how crazy superhero movies are. And I thought that that was Yelena's best like attribute in this movie i thought she was the best in this movie and it's a little i guess spoiler for like i don't know it's not a spoiler but you i thought elena like was the best in this movie i thought she carried it which i wish nat got a little more of to be honest but i thought it really served to just launch her forward but let's get back into all right so so basically taskmaster is now fighting alexi while melina goes tried to bring the facility down so everyone has kind of a role and it's very Molina's thing is very Star Wars-esque again I feel like you know trying to bring a ship down you're on the bridge and but again I think that Rachel Wise did a great job in this character and really bringing mm-hmm. some depth to what could have been a very two-dimensional Boring. person yeah yeah and so and and also um David Arbor is just um genius as Alexi yeah he was great I want more of him definitely uh, and so let's like wrap up what's like really going on in this movie, and then we'll get to some post movie conversations here. You have um, they're the, they're trying to take this ship down, right? And the Drakov is somehow getting away, but Yelena, in what looks as like it's going to be a self sacrifice, Peter blows up uh, the engine by her like widow sticks. I don't know what those things are called, the electric things. And you think she's going to die, but then she just ends up falling. And so you get this great falling scene of Nat chasing her, giving her the parachute, being chased by Taskmaster. They somehow survive and end up on the ground. Um, And then what did you think of the whole ending 
of Nat and Taskmaster? I think it was her. Because she frees her. She frees her with the antidote. I should have said she, that. Yeah, and I, and she's great. Taskmaster is grateful for that. And I think Nat gets closure on that and kind of sees, you know, I'm not a bad person in a sense, which again would have propelled Infinity War Endgame into higher levels of it. Um, I thought it was a kind of a little, I mean, it served its purpose. You you put the, 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 the ought on the eye for that story of her and Taskmaster. I thought that was good. I mean, I liked the scene where they were fighting in the air. Because again, you have, yeah, she cool. does her pose in the air as she's doing that, which is yeah, which is rad. And then oh, there was the scene where all the widows are attacking Nat, and yeah, it shows probably. her how she holds her own pretty much. And and then she's human though, so there is the point where she is going to get overtaken in a way that Cap would mm-hmm. never. But it was a nice way of doing it. So yeah, I think getting there, we got there. But Taskmaster still kind of was kind of. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what this sets up is basically. We have Yelena gives Nat the vest that we see in Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. So that was a cool little Easter egg. And Yelena is basically going on a journey. Are we supposed to think she's going alongside the two parents or quote unquote parents? But they're going to go free the other Black Widows throughout the world with this antidote. Meanwhile... Nat is supposed to wait for Ross and his men to apprehend her, and we just don't see it. Just, <laughs> just yeah. like, we just don't get it. So it's like, okay. And then we find out, though, that two weeks later, uh, we see blonde Nat, very nice, very nice, wearing that vest, reunites with her, her like, the Mason guy who gives her all her shit, like the black market dude. And he supplies her with a Quinjet, which she then says she's going to go use to free her fellow Avengers setting up the beginning of Nat's arc. In and the music Disney. starts when the Avengers music starts. It's just Great. like, there's no better feeling. There's why just like, in that moment was the biggest. Like, why was this movie not before that? Why did they even do Captain Marvel before Black Widow? Because Captain make sense. Marvel had to be in Avengers Infinity Endgame. And that was, that was awful. awful. But, the, but yeah, and I thought, I thought, I <laughs> I think that it just it perfectly sets goes into Infinity War in a way that's like five years, four years, four or five years later than it should have been. But then we get mm-hmm. a post credit scene, which kind of brings us back to present day. Yeah, it relates to the Falcon, the Winter Soldier series. Yelena is at Nat's grave um, doing the whistle. And then she encounters Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, Julie Louise Dreyfus, and she assigns... Yelena with a target, so it seems like they've been working together. And it is Clint Barton, whom she claims is responsible for killing Nat, which we know is not true, but I guess Yelena doesn't. And that is a big tease to the upcoming Hawkeye show on Disney+. Plus. What do you think and of I that? I think that made me more excited for the Hawkeye show, I think. The uh-huh. fact that the... the, the, the okay, Kingpin's going to be in Hawkeye. Did you hear that? I have heard the. I heard the. Yeah, that, that's, Sorry, that's pretty that. wild. No, no, I, I think no, but I think that speaks to like the fact that the show is getting a little more inter. It's going to be more interesting than oh, we're making a Disney Plus series about Hawkeye, mm-hmm. which was like kind of like mm, okay, like I get. That's when I thought Disney Plus shows were going to be like just nice standalone little things that were just like character service, fan service. Like oh, we're dealing with this as opposed to monumentally important to the yeah. MCU as a whole situation. 
and they're really leaning into that. They're going to be monumentally important. And I think it was interesting to see Val here as after having seen her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier when we were supposed to see it the other way around. Yep. Because I And I feel like this worked better than had it come out the other way around. Yeah, I agree. And I also, like, so we, she's building the Dark Avengers or, like, Thunderbolts or whatever. Which is interesting to see if how Yelena will end up either on she, the side of evil or... Yeah, because she seemed, I mean, after watching this movie, you would obviously think she seemed more of a hero. But we'll see. She, and I like the attention to detail in the fact that when she's at the graveyard, she's wearing like a very fashionable outfit. When earlier in the movie, she said she could never pick anything for herself. Like she wasn't allowed. Oh, yeah. So it no, she's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I can't say think today for some reason, Dunk. but I did hear that they shot an alternate. I know. Credit scene with the whistling coming back or whatever. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? And it, but again, so it's Marvel. So I like, I'm even though we've said goodbye to Tony and to Steve and Natasha, it's like, have we really? Will we? Will we? Will we, will we be here in a podcast episode? Do you see Robert Downey and Jr. unfollowed all of the MCU like other actors and like some people think there's like a beef between him and Marvel Studios because he didn't voice the what if version of Iron Man and Tony Stark all this stuff. I don't, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't buy it. That. I just, no, I, I saw like it on him Twitter. And Marvel are too, they're too integrated. They're too like cohe- symbiotic relationship where it's like, and Marvel honored his request not to submit himself, not to submit him for Academy Award nominations. So it's like they work well together. And if anything, it might be to say, oh, I'm not doing, here's, I'm distanced myself from Marvel, but like plot twist. Uh, Some right. Marvel appearance will come out. So, Let's do, you texted me with this idea and I liked it, uh, best MCU debut film. So these are solo films, right? So I can't include Guardians of the Galaxy? No, the Guardians of the Galaxy would be included. Okay. I included it, on, I included it in the text message. All right. All right. Almost my bad. There's so many text words. Top. Um, all right. So how about you start us off with your number one, or I can start it off. I don't mind. The number one intro is Iron Man. I don't think it's that close. Do you disagree? Uh, wow. I I got it. This I mean I think this is very on brand for what I'm about to say. Also for. The co-hosting, the friendship, the podcast. I would go with First Avenger. Okay. I think Interesting. That would that would be my that's your top pick. That's my, my top pick. My number two, then. My number two is Guardians. I think Guardians is special. I I know you're not a big Guardians fan though. I love the Guardians though. Like I'm a big. I I love everything about the intro of that movie. Uh, I'm a big fan. I like Guardians two more than Guardians one, but. Um, I'll say Guardians of the Way. I mean, it, it caught me. I liked it. I liked it. I would go with um, Iron Man for my number two pick. I think Iron Man would be my solid okay. second choice. My number three, Spider-Man Homecoming. And it's crazy that it's not number one because of how much I like Spider-Man. But Spider-Man Homecoming is a little overrated. And I love Spider-Man. 
It's Spider-Man Homecoming is not one of my favorite Spider-Man movies. It's pretty good. I just, I don't know why. That's just how I feel. So I have it at three, though, because I love Spider-Man so much. Well, we are finally in agreement with something because I also have Spider-Man at number three. But I, and I think similarly, the movie is a lot. But mm-hmm. I think it's Tom Holland, Peter Parker that anchors the whole Yeah, it's a good movie. It's a situation. Good movie. I have it four. I have Cap. Okay. So I know that's a little disrespectful to you because of how high you have him, but we have a four. All right. At four, this is going to shake some things up, but I'm, I'm going to go controversially here, and I'm going to put Black Widow at number four. What? Yeah, I think it was a solid... You think Black Widow's better than Guardians of the Galaxy? I think so. Oh my gosh, Peter. <laughs> See, we have to when that when the Guardians of the Galaxy pod happens, y'all, it's gonna be wild. Let me just say. That's not wild. what actually happens. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you throw Black Widow there. I have at number five, I have Doctor Strange. I think okay. that's a great movie. I think it's a little underrated, but then when I rewatch it. It's not as... I'm like, oh, it's properly rated. It's properly rated. What do you have here? I would put Ant-Man. Okay. Put Ant-Man here. It was very much a surprise for me. And just... It was very... It, I, I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Um, I have here... I have Black Panther. My next one. I thought uh, Black Panther... Uh, Killmonger was sweet introducing us to the world of Wakanda in that way. The great soundtrack. I think it is one of the most overrated MCU movies though because people who don't really watch superhero movies say it's like the best superhero movie ever. And it's a good movie, but it's not that. But I do, I have it at number six of solo or debut movies in the MCU. I would put Doctor Strange here. I thought... I thought when he Benedict Cumberbatch joined the MCU in that role, I thought, okay, we're going somewhere interesting. This is a a different vibe, and oh yeah, it did not disappoint. The whole movie just visually also is just a stunning movie, and it makes a lot more sense now. Like you were, we were talking a little before. Yeah, a Doctor Strange rewatch is on the way, folks. Um, my next one. So at number seven, if I can count so, right, yes, I have Thor. Um. I think that this movie has some flaws, obviously, but I do think um, I, I couldn't put it. I couldn't put any of the ones I have below it over it because I just think I enjoy Thor more than all those other movies. Even if Thor is flawed, I just like it more. I'm we're in agreement again. I would put Thor here as well. Um, it it does have some things that don't stick the landing, but it just I think the introduction of Thor, Loki, um, Jane, and Darcy. I think those mm-hmm. four and Odin. really. Oh yeah, and I think the, even though there were certain like the costume, the wig, certain things that were not. Yeah, it was tough. The great the shield aspect was a bit too forced and like. We got our boy Hawkeye in it too. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. But I, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a good movie, but it, that's where we put it. Mm-hmm. Um, my next one, so number eight, I have Ant Man. Uh, Ant-Man, good movie. That's, I, I mean, it's not, it's Ant-Man. That's how I, the Ant-Man movies to me are like, they're, they're good, but I don't put them on the level of like 
many of the other Marvel franchises. They're funny. I love Paul Rudd. But we'll see how, I mean, the next Ant-Man might be huge, so we'll see. That's an interesting comment, because to me, I feel like the Ant-Man movies are like the Guardians are to you. Oh, my God. Just the same point. But so next, I would put Black Panther, which I like the stacked cast of it all. It's just the public perception just really just makes the movie just kind of a to watch, because like everyone's so like greatest of all time, and it's like Oscar-nominated and everything. It's like, have you seen the other movies? Have you seen what Robert yeah. Downey Jr. has done? Like, yeah, so. I'm with you on that. My next one, so we're to our bottom three now, correct? Bottom three, what am I missing? Hulk, you're probably missing. That's what I'm missing. Okay, thank you. Um, my the le- third least favorite, so is Black Widow. <laughs> I don't dislike it, but. I mean, if Taskmaster is better, it goes above Ant-Man. And if you have a good Taskmaster, maybe it's better than Thor. But it just wasn't. So that's where I have it. In terms of rewatchability, too. I mean, no, I'm not going to watch it that many times. So I would next put um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Jesus, that's so, so mean. How are you putting it? Like, Peter... <laughs> I mean, in case I mean, I won't discuss a lot of it because that's gonna save it for the pod. But I mean, it's got the fake soundtrack. It's just got there's so much that's just like, you know, I I will save it for the, for right. the deep dive because. Um. Yeah. Okay, and then my second to last one, I have Edward Norton Norton Jr. as Hulk. Um, I think that yes, it is flawed, but seeing Hulk fight Abomination, I think. Emil Blonsky, like, that's really cool in the idea of, I remember when Hulk came out, I went to, to it after sixth grade graduation, at the end, when you get the reference to Tony Stark, holy shit, the MCU's happening, so, I mean, shit, I might put, I might have ranked Hulk a little too low, I think it gets a little too much hate, I know it's not perfect, but that's where I have Hulk. You know, yeah, I would put Hulk here too, I feel like, it's an interesting situation and in how the MCU can and can't use Hulk going forward because of this existence. But I think it was, it's definitely a solid grittier take on a, on a superhero movie. And I appreciate it. I like, I mean, like you said, the tease to what's to come is just perfect. And the fact that we're going to get abomination back in Shang-Chi is going to be mm-hmm. so dope, which brings us also to our, current final pick at the moment which is kind of tied but i'm i mean i'm not surprised about this one i mean i'll with all due respect to people who like this movie this is by far by far the worst mcu movie not really close to me it's a like i most mcu movies like basically every single one besides this one i say uh, yeah it might have a little flaws but it's, it's pretty good you know at the at the minimum Captain Marvel's a bad movie. I don't like it. I don't like anything about it. And I I don't know what to say. It's not... I, you just never think she's going to lose. There's no stakes. There's no character development, really. I just... It was boring. It wasn't very fun. And I think that I'm a little justified in saying this because her next movie or the next Captain Marvel movie is called The Marvels, where they're introducing more people. I think Captain Marvel's just a tough character. Just all the power. It just, I just, it didn't land for me. I think it's a shitty movie. 
Sorry. So, so much that you've said, I will, I would echo. I mean, I really would echo. I think I am grateful that Gemma Chan was rescued from that franchise situation and she oh, gets yeah. to be Cersei. I think that's going to be incredible. I think I'm glad mm-hmm. she got freed from that. Um, I think you said it best. You said there were no stakes. There were, there were none. And then when she shows up in Endgame, again, you have a situation that's cool. She took out the giant ship situation. The light is coming, whatever. But it's like, it wasn't earned. It wasn't, and I feel like especially post-Black Widow, this movie sucks even more. Like it's I mean, like, Black Widow's a hundred times. I know I have, I have Black Widow towards the bottom, but I cannot express to you how much better Black Widow is than Captain Marvel. And it's, like, and it's not to say fault. that it's because it's a female superhero movie that this movie sucked, because when you compare it to other female superheroes, Birds of Prey is better than... Both Wonder Women are better than it. Yeah. All these other movies you would rank above this, and it's not to say First that Brie Larson, is not, Brie, Larson is, Brie Larson is a talented actress, but it's just like you have a story that's not a story. You have... Really, again, one that takes place prior in the MCU. That it's like an emotionless character too that she has to play. So it's just like, how are you going to make that intriguing? The villain situation of it was just terrible. And like it was, it was so go, bad. Wasn't going anywhere. It was, and it was more. I think it was trying to be Guardians in a sense too, where you had the musical cues. Excuse me, like yeah, using no doubt on that. It's just. Using the Samuel L. Jackson in it, it was like, okay, we're connecting it to different places, but... I thought it was like... I feel like it was girl power to a point of where it is cheesy. And again, I'm not a female, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I thought Captain Marvel was girl power to a point where it's like, Jesus, this is so cheesy. To wear Black Widow, it was like similar messages of women empowerment, girl power, but it just wasn't cheesy. It was like, yeah, she's a badass. Like, you know I think I mean? that's the perfect. I think again because this Black Widow came out now, and you have an example of a solid way to do a female hero. Mm-hmm. And movie. I'm not saying it's easy because there haven't been that many of it, so I guess it's probably pretty hard to do it. I don't, I don't understand why it would be hard, but I guess that's another conversation. And I think another thing that will be interesting is similarly when you're comparing two different kinds of movies. I saw Snake Eyes this past week, mm-hmm. and. When Shang-Chi comes out, those two are going to be compared to one another. Yeah. Because that's the nature of the world as it is. And it's hard not to when the stories are similar as well. And it'll be interesting to see what that kind of looks like. Because I know Snake Eyes flopped at the box office. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, speaking of Shang-Chi, a little teaser trailer came out this morning of it, and it'll it. be interesting, Peter, to see where that, uh, at the end of that pod, we'll see where this ranks. On the trailer looks MCU promising. Tables. Trailers look promising. Yeah, it looks like it could be really cool. I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm I just hope there's like I what I worry about is I really want them with Shang Chi because I know the fighting's gonna be sick. I know the dragons are gonna be sick. I know the ten rings. I know the character building of all that will be pretty freaking cool. You gotta make you gotta tie it into the MCU pretty hard with this. So that's when you see the Wong and Abomination. That's great. That's a great sign. But you got to tie this into the MCU. Same way I know you don't like Guardians. But the way they tie it into Thanos. And you have like, oh, so this this matters. This is going to be a big part of it. So Shang-Chi, I really hope they can just find ways to 
make it integral, Shang-Chi an integral character, because that, I think, helps the movie. I don't dislike Guardians of the Galaxy. I should put that as a disclaimer. I do like it. I have issues with it, but that's for another mm-hmm. conversation. But yeah. I do feel this, that Shang-Chi and, in a sense, Eternals also really need to be integral in the way that Thor 1, uh, Cap 1. Yes. All of these were integral to the stories that were planted with Tony going forward. Like It all needs to start connecting. And I think it has to. I think we're just not seeing it right now in a way also that when those other movies came out, we didn't see where they were going necessarily. Like, oh, how are they all going to be connected? So I think there is more that the trailers are not revealing. And I think that they have to be connected because this is what's leading up to the next big thing. And Marvel does have other movies that are unannounced for phase four that have not to been, that are going to be part of this. So I think it would be cool to see, I feel like Shang-Chi fighting alongside whatever these new heroes look like. I'm excited for that. And I like that while, yes, I'm looking forward to Quantumania and Multiverse of Madness, it's cool to have these new introductions that mm-hmm. will matter. It's very important. Black Widow, which was a new movie, but went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that quite a bit with Shang-Chi. Um, any closing thoughts here today, Peter, on the solo movie debuts, Black Widow, the MCU. All right, I'll, let's end with this question. This will be easy. What'd you like more, Loki season one or Black Widow? So I mean, easily Loki, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, but I was I liked WandaVision one. more than Black Widow. I think WandaVision was great. WandaVision was, I think, is my t- as far as content. WandaVision is my number one. I think wow. as far as importance, Loki at the moment is like. Because I'm also rewatching it right now, and I'm showing it to my mom right now, but she, she's so confused, which I yes. think Loki is a much more confusing show because I'm having to pause it and be like, this character exists in a different universe. There's multiverses, there's variants. Yeah, this affects this. But I do think that Loki was a better ending to, I mean, better, uh, it nailed the ending better than Black Widow did because it's more important also. And we had the phenomenal finale. But mm-hmm. I will say there is no feeling like sitting in a movie theater and seeing the Marvel logo, studios logo come up with that music swelling. Like it's a lot better than no watching feeling. it on your phone. I bet <laughs> it is. It is just to see the giant. And then I did. I did see Black Widow in IMAX 3D, which Ooh. I think adds to the experience because movies like that need to be seen on a big screen. Yeah. That's uh, probably very true. I'll take that accordingly next time. Um, Peter, thank you so much for joining. This has been our Black Widow review on the Pineapple Couch. We'll be back next week. Um, What If series is coming up, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. We could talk some Spider-Man rumors. Who knows? Something will probably pop up. Peter, it's always been it's been a pleasure as always, my friend. Likewise. We'll see you guys next time. God bless. Thank you.